Hey friend, this is Ryan Thomas. We're so blessed and grateful you're listening to On the Road and supporting Faith Radio. You are quite simply the best and we appreciate you so much. Enjoy the show. Discovering stories of courage, determination, and hope. Welcome to Faith Radio's On the Road. Now, here's Ryan Thomas. Well, it's earned over 40 million streams and touched people all over the world. But this year's breakout hit song, Peace Be Still, wasn't written with anything like what 2020 has proved to be in mind. Today, we confirm this truth and meet the incredible voice behind the song, Hope Darst. And Hope explains what she means when she says her debut album of the same name is both a complete accident and completely God-ordained. The powerhouse vocalist, worship leader, and songwriter joins us today on the road. Welcome aboard, and how's the day treating you, Hope? Oh, thank you so much. Uh, Today's a good day. It's like really pretty weather here in Nashville, which is where Uh, I live. Um, It's like just lightly overcast, and it's like 65 70 degrees. And Beautiful. I don't know. It's a great day, and I'm getting to talk with you guys, so I feel like it's, it's a good day. Ah, shucks. Well, it really is great to have you here. Thanks so much for being here. I mean, wow. Peace Be Still has become one of the great anthems of 2020. It's brought such real hope to so many of us, but the thing about this song, like so many of the others that have been so meaningful this year, there was absolutely no way you could have had any idea what 2020 was going to be like when you wrote it? No, not at all. Goodness gracious. I, we would have, I don't, I don't think anybody wants to write a song knowing that we're going to be in a worldwide pandemic. <laughs> like if anyone has that for knowledge, I don't know that we would like bunker down and, and write a song for it. You know, we wrote it four years ago um, when my co-writers, um, Mia Fields and Andrew Holt and I were, in a season, we all go to church together, and we had been in church for a while. Our church was growing, and we really were hungry to write songs that reflected the journey that we were all in and the journey of really kind of discovering almost once again, all of us had been saved for a long time, but it felt like there was a renewed sense of understanding the power of God's presence and that that is where things change in our lives. And so much of that was happening in times of worship. And so because of that, we wanted to write songs as a community that really addressed what we were facing in our real lives and really to use wor- worship as a weapon to defeat lies of the enemy, to, you know, to think, defeat fear and anxiety. And so that particular day I was fighting fear. Mia was fighting anxiety and, or sorry, she was fighting disappointment. I was fighting fear and anxiety. And we just said, well, let's move in the opposite spirit. We don't feel peace. So let's grab hold of God's promise of peace and let's actually declare it and prophesy it over our minds and over our hearts right now in the midst of our situation mm-hmm. until something shifts, either in the natural or just internally in our own selves to where we can actually have peace in the middle of what we're feeling. And I think the reason it resonates 
now, even four years later, is uh, there's this quote that says, when songs are written from a place of encounter and revelation, you lock up that encounter and that revelation in that song. And when it's released to other people, they too then can experience that same encounter and revelation. And I think that that's the story of this song is we wrote this from a very real place in our lives where we needed to encounter the peace of God to defeat the lie of fear, to defeat the lie of anxiety, to defeat the lie of disappointment. So I think when people hear it now, they're experiencing what we had to encounter in our own lives and what we had to have revelation for in our own personal lives. And the truth of that is, you know, it it really proves that God's word doesn't return void no matter how long. And so even four years later, those promises and those, that moment in that room, it still holds the same weight because it was really rooted in the presence of God and in the truth of his word. Well, that distance of time between when the song is created and today does add a wrinkle, a layer to it that I hadn't even considered before. What is it like to have walked this journey and to look back at that moment and now to see 40 million streams of the song later the song playing all over the radio, all across the world. But how do you even process what God has done with this song? Hmm. I mean, it's, it's, it's humbling because you just, you don't, at least for me, I've never, I didn't start really this journey trying to be an artist. I was just a, a stay-at-home mom that served at my local church as a worship leader. And I really was writing songs for my local church and writing songs to just give language to the journey that I was in. And so to sit back now and to watch the song have the impact that it's had, it's just a beautiful testament of the power. I just think of the power of songs and the power of worship and that, you know, to, to be a part of anything, right? Like to be a part of just standing in the middle of the grocery store with someone who needs you to look them in the eye and tell them it's going to be okay and that mm-hmm. Jesus loves them. That has just as much impact, I think, internally, eternally as a song does. And so, you know, I think I've done life long enough with the Lord to not get caught up in the numbers of it and to not get caught up in the, whether it's doing well or not doing well and, and view that as success, but to view the success of it as, if this song has walked one person from the place of fear and doubt to a place of faith and trust, then then it has eternal success, Man. which is what I'm after anyways. And so, yeah, it's it's crazy. It's, it's humbling. And yet, you know, it's also really sweet to watch how God can use something that a seed that's born in your own life that you weren't thinking about someone else, really. Do you know what I mean? Well, I we do. were to some degree, we were thinking about our local church when we were writing it because we did think, well, maybe it's a song that, you know, one day our church could sing. But yeah, it's just, it, it still blows me away. I'm not, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> and it really does become all the sweeter when you start to discover the journey and unpack the, the path that has led you to this place. Hope, you've described the album as being entirely accidental while also being totally God-ordained. <laughs> Let's take it back to the beginning, because the story really does explain why you say that. You start singing in front of your church before you develop the ability to tie your own shoes, correct? 
Pretty much. I mean, my mom says I was singing before I was talking. So, <laughs> my dad, you know, my dad was a minister. She always says, I had you on a Wednesday, and by Friday, you were on a pew, and by Sunday, you were singing. Um, so, you know, I just, she prayed when she was pregnant with me that I would sing for the Lord, which is crazy. Like, she didn't, she just felt led to pray that prayer. Um, you know, in all these years, that's true. And yeah, it's, it's a crazy journey because so much of my journey, the first 20 years, 25 years of my life, all I wanted to do was be an artist. That's the only dream I had. I like did not have a plan B. Like right. I dropped out of college. I moved to Nashville when I was 19, mostly because I had a radical encounter with Jesus for the second time in my life. Like I'd been saved, praise the prayer of salvation, like five or six. And then at 19, I'd moved to Nashville for the summer and had just a radical encounter with the Lord. Now, I want to take a closer look for just a moment, in just a moment, at something that happened just before that incredible experience, Hope. But if you are just tuning in today and wondering, that is a familiar voice, but I'm not totally sure why. Why is that a familiar voice? Well, our guest today on the road for Faith Radio is Hope Darst. She's a recording artist and worship leader. Her debut album is titled Peace Be Still. And yes, it features the single of the same name that has spoken so powerfully to so many of us this year. But Hope, right before that incredible experience that you have with God, you talk about a time in college where basically you say that you have just become lost emotionally and spiritually. How did you find yourself there? I obviously believed God was real. I didn't want to go to hell. I believed in the message of sin and needing a savior. But I had not really put together the key components of like, but this is also like where I'm going to get my identity is going to be in Christ. That he has to be the person that's helping me navigate how I make decisions, that those decisions should honor him, even if it means they don't feel good to me, even if it's not what I want or what I think should happen, that I'm willing to literally lay down my life in order to serve Christ, that didn't register. And by the time I was 19, I was struggling with depression and eating disorder, looking for identity in every young man that came along. And I was emotionally a wreck. I was spiritually a wreck. I wasn't actually, and and that was a, a direct result of me not actually giving Jesus my whole heart. You know what I mean? Like I'd given him the most that of that I could with my limited understanding, but this was a moment of reckoning at 19 where it was, this cannot, this, this path that I'm on is not going to lead. It's not going to turn out well. Mm. If I'm not willing to actually say, Jesus, you have my whole heart. You don't, I don't want you to just give me fire insurance. So I don't go to hell. I actually want to be in relationship with you. And I actually want to do this life with you hand in hand and experience abundant life, experience the fruits of the spirit actually operating in my life, which is still a journey, um, even all these years. But yeah, that's what I mean by wasn't, wasn't where God intended for me to be by any means at 19. So I made this decision. I have this really beautiful moment with the Lord at 19 changes my life. And then I'm, you know, I'm like, I'm all in. Okay, forever, whatever you want, I'm all in. <laughs> Not fully grasping the depth of that that prayer and that commitment. So you really have this spiritual awakening. What is happening at that point in terms of the musical dream? As the years unfolded, you know, I, I still thought 
music would just happen. And I was always involved in it, whether it was singing backgrounds for people or being on the road and touring with people or different things, but it never quite developed into me being like an actual artist or getting a record deal or any of those kinds of things. And by the time I was 25, I felt like God, on my 25th birthday, God just really began to speak to me and just, I hope I, I don't want you to continue down this path. This is not the path that I have for you. And I remember just being gobsmacked, just being like, what? That cannot be you, Lord. Like, this is the only thing I have ever dreamed of, I have ever desired from, like, I don't have a memory not knowing that I was supposed to make music and sing and and be a singer. Like, I just didn't have any other thought. But because of that decision at 19, you know, I knew in that moment I had to make a decision of, well, I told you, whatever you asked, whatever you wanted, I'm all yours. And so at 25, I looked at my husband and I said, I'm not supposed to pursue this anymore and went and got a normal little nine to five job and began just serving at my church and, and really asking the Lord, like, what are my next steps? Do I need to go back to school? Do I need to get a degree? Do I become a teacher? Do I, I didn't know. I didn't have a plan. And God very kindly and sweetly over the next couple of um about six months to eight months really began to unfold in my heart our passion for the local church. And I was serving in the choir at my local church and I just began to just really long to help that department at my church. Could I, how could I serve? How could I help? Could I, you know, make copies of songs like lyrics for choir rehearsal? Could I, you know, schedule something or go get water? I don't know. It was just whatever. And, <laughs> and slowly but surely, I started to sense like this, this was maybe what God had actually always called me to be. And, and before I knew it, my church ended up deciding, they were like, hey, will you come on staff as a worship leader and as our administrator? And that step, even though it's one that you never imagined taking, it really becomes one of the key steps that brings you here today. That changed the course of my life because I had no idea that that was a path that God had even intended for me, which you would think I would have since I grew up in the church, but it just had never <laughs> crossed my mind, honestly. Sure. And so I found myself at 26 years old, 25 years old, going on staff at my church. And I did that for a very long time, for almost 10 years, up until 2013, and thought that's all I would do. And then in 2013, um, kind of went on another journey of God really deconstructing a lot of things that, you know, I didn't understand necessarily about myself and I found myself in another season of really struggling um, with just not having freedom in some areas. I was, my parents were going through a really difficult divorce. I was battling postpartum depression and I just was struggling in my mind. Like I had strongholds of the mind, anxiety, um, fear, worry, anger. These were all things that were kind of wrestling. And I just, I remember just being like, this doesn't feel like abundant life. This doesn't feel like what everyone says is supposed to be the life that we're supposed to be living if we're doing all the right things, right? If we're going, if we're serving at church, if we're faithful to attend, if we're not in blatant sin, if we're doing a Bible study, if we're mentoring people and making disciples. In my mind, that meant to some degree very naively and wrong then everything should be good. I shouldn't have any struggles. I shouldn't have any issues. There's just, everything should feel good and be good. 
And I just remember just one night crying out to God and God just being like, Hope, you're saved and you love me, but you are not fully free. And I want to take you on a journey of freedom. We are sharing today in the incredible story of Hope Darst. She's a recording artist and worship leader. Her debut album is titled Peace Be Still, featuring the single of the same name that is spoken so powerfully to so many of us this year. So, wow, you have that incredible communication, intervention from God. What happens next? What do you do with that, in a sense? That led to me ultimately coming off staff at the church. Um, At the time, I was traveling on the weekends as well, leading worship, and I ended up, I stopped traveling, and I just, I chose to stay at home and allow God to really do a deep work of healing in my heart and to really realign a lot of thinking, a lot of um, issues from my past that just hadn't been dealt with, issues from childhood that hadn't been dealt with, you know, just nothing even major, but just those small little foxes that can destroy the vineyards, wrong mm-hmm. thinking, wrong patterns of, of behavior, and, you know, and so that became a really long journey. And the last seven years has been God having me on this freedom journey. The, the story and the journey of my life has been a constant I have a plan. God asked me to surrender it. <laughs> I have to say yes. I have to surrender it. And then it's a journey of healing. And then I have another plan and God says, surrender it. <laughs> and I surrender it. And then I have to go through a season of uh, a journey of, he- of more healing and, and, and more growing in the Lord. And this has been the cycle of my life. So you can only imagine in 2018, the end of it and all of 2019, when God really made it clear, Hey, I want you to step out and make that record that you've always had burning in your heart. Now is the time. My first reaction was like, I don't think that's you, Lord. (laughs) 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 You've always just said no. Like that's always been the answer I've gotten. And so I, it's funny. I remember saying to my husband, I said, I have learned how to find the goodness of God in every no, but I'm not familiar with the goodness of God in a yes. Oh my. And I, it was a journey of me having to go like, what is it like when God actually says yes to something? Because with that came the wrestle of, is this just me? Is this still my ego or still a lack of identity that I still need to do this to prove something, you know, and then being like, but I, I swear we've done the work here, Lord. Like I, my value is not in that anymore. My identity is not in that anymore. Like I, I now know who I am. I don't need that. Back. And but you, I wrestled because I'd only ever known God to say no to this particular journey. And so I remember my husband having really great wisdom and looking at me one day, and he just said, "Hope the same faith that and trust that it took for you to obey when it was a no." is the same faith and trust it's going to take for you to obey now that it's a yes. Well, (laughs) something that you have done throughout this, and even as you've told the story today, is you've been up front with the times that you've struggled with anxiety. And as we talk about a pandemic, we're in the grip of a pandemic right now. But oh my word, do you not find that the issue of anxiety and worry is pandemic in our culture as well. But it's also something that a lot of us don't want to talk about. I'm wondering, sure. why, why are you willing to be vulnerable about it? There is scripture after scripture after scripture where God is actually addressing the issue of anxiety for our minds and our spirits. But so often, 
I think people don't recognize it for what it is or B, what you just said, we've kind of created a culture sometimes, or you find yourself in a culture that is just like, well, brother, you just need to have faith. Yes. And yes, yes, we do need to have faith. That statement is not inaccurate, but where there is a breakdown in trust with the Lord, there's usually lack of faith, lack of peace of mind, lack of, you know, all of those things that are tied together. So the real question isn't, or the statement shouldn't be, brother, you just need to have faith. The real question is, where was your trust broken with the Lord? And let's get to the root of that so that we can tear down whatever lie you are believing in this moment that is causing you to worry, causing you to freak out, causing you to emotionally unravel, causing you to run to addiction because you don't know what to do with what you're thinking about all the time. Let's break down that lie and let's replace it with the truth from God's Mm -hmm. word. And what I've had to do in my life is a couple of things. I've had to be very honest about where I'm at with my husband, with my friends and with my pastors, because you have to let people into the journey of the mind, because if you get caught there, It can be like a prison and it can be like a very, just a dark vortex that you get lost in that no one else even knows that you need to be rescued from. And so I've had to be open and honest with people in my life so that they could look at me and speak truth and go, that thought is a lie straight from the pit of hell. Worship is a massive weapon against the spirit of anxiety. When we worship, you know, there's a reason that worshipers are always on the front line of the battlefield because they're going forth and they're setting a tone for what what happens. And I think as believers, when we're worshiping, we're confessing the truth of God and we're prophesying over our minds and our hearts the, the, the word of God, which is alive and active. It's a, two-edged, it's a two-edged sword. It literally cuts through bone and marrow. It separates truth from untruth. And so you, by doing all of those things, by worshiping, by being accountable, by being honest about your journey, it, it allows there to be what is hidden in darkness come to light, right? And Jesus is, is the light of the world. He's all about taking what is in the dark, the darkness of our minds even, and bringing it to the light so that there can be healing and there can be wholeness. And so I will always talk about my struggles. I will always be honest about what I'm going through because I've watched Jesus intervene every single time and bring healing and bring victory and bring freedom. And it's not just a one-time thing. It's over and over and over. And I I do it because I want people to know there's hope. I want people to know that like you actually can break free so I think for me personally, 2020 has been a year. It's a great revealing, right? It's showing all of us really where we are and really where our trust is. You know, I it, if you find that in this pandemic, you are just scared and worried and fearful, like don't beat yourself up too much because even the disciples, when they were on the boat in Mark four, they freaked out because a storm was coming. <laughs> it's true. Like, it's true. and Jesus very wisely looks at them and says, why are you freaking out? You just <laughs> saw me do like 10 miracles. Like, What else do you need from me to prove to you that you're fine? We're going to be okay. But 
I think he did that. I think that's the reason that that's in scripture is not because he was shaming them or condemning them. He was being a truth teller in that moment. He was revealing to them, oh, you think you your trust is in me, but the minute something bad happens, you freak out. Like you don't actually trust that peace is with you. And I think that's even true for now in 2020, that we have to actually be okay with us maybe facing some areas of our lives where we don't fully trust God with our finances. Maybe we don't fully trust him with our health or we don't full, you know, or maybe we've been putting way too much trust in something. And I think that this is a moment in time where God's actually revealing, allowing it to be revealed where our trust really lies so we can realign it and then move forward fully anchored in the promises that God actually has for us. Like in that same scripture, literally he says, peace be still. Right. So, you know, I think that's something to keep in mind when people are kind of addressing the issues of their hearts and their minds right now in the midst of all of this. Well, thank you so much for that great word. Hope Darce, the recording artist and worship leader, the debut album is called Peace Be Still, featuring the single of the same name that has spoken so powerfully to so many of us this year. And Hope, I know we need to let you go so you can go pick up your kids, but if people... (laughs) Yes, real life. (laughs) If people want to find out more about you and all the incredible music, where's the best place to go on the web? You can find me anywhere that music is streamed or purchased. So all all those places. I don't know all those places, but whatever (laughs) those are, you can find me on those places. Um, And then you can also find me at hopedars.com. I have a website. And if you want to follow me, you can follow me on Instagram. It's really simple. Hope Dars or Facebook. I barely check my Facebook, so Instagram would probably be better. It's been such a treat to have you today. Thank you so much for your time, for sharing your heart. It's been awesome. Thank you, Ryan, for having me. It's an honor. Thanks for sharing in the story of this latest episode of Faith Radio's On the Road. For more on today's conversation and the full podcast archive of all our episodes, look for On the Road when you visit MyFaithRadio.com. Thanks so much for listening to On the Road. Programming like this happens because of your incredible support. You can learn more about partnering financially at MyFaithRadio.com. And we'd be so glad to connect with you during the week on social media. Just search for On the Road with Ryan Thomas on Facebook. And our Twitter handle is at OnTheRoadRyan. Until next time, God bless you, my friend.